Bird's Eye View with Erica McCall is presented by the DC Crossover. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Bird's Eye View, the true stories of professional overseas basketball. I'm your host, the one and only Erica McCall, a.k.a. Bird, because the last name is McCall. And we're back with another episode. Uh, for those that know me, I am a fifth-year WNBA player, about to go play my fifth year overseas in Turkey, y'all, next week. So I'm excited to share some more fun stories with you guys of what my overseas journey will be like over there. And first off, I want to get a shout out to everyone that's been listening into this podcast. We are recording episode seven right now. So all who've listened in before that, I appreciate you guys. It's been a beautiful journey and we're going to keep it rolling. And the reasoning for starting this podcast for those who are just now tuning in is because everywhere I go, everyone is asking me what overseas basketball is like, what's the language like, what's the food like, the basketball and the list goes on. So I wanted to bring a podcast that helps educate everyone on that, that helps people hear the different stories that I'm hearing when I'm playing with different teammates and coaches. So I wanted to, for you guys to hear that. And so therefore I have brought to you guys Bird's Eye View. And with each episode, we bring a different topic. So let's see if I can remember y'all. So for episode one, we did basketball with Sydney Weiss. With episode two, we did overseas relationships with Cy and Jess Gorey. Episode three was motherhood with my lovely sister, Dewana Bonner. Episode four was faith with Nia Coffey and co-host Sydney Weiss. Episode five was passwords presence with Val Whiting. Episode six was food with the lovely Stephanie Mavunga. And episode seven, y'all, is going to be so much fun. I know I say it every episode, but episode seven is all about coaching overseas. And I have a goat with me. I have a legend with me right here today. Her name is Coach Pokey Chapman, and she is sitting right before me, well, virtually. So Pokey, thank you. Thank you for being on. No, my pleasure, Bert. Uh, It's fitting that you're doing this because your overseas experience always seems so much fun and I I would always point that out to people because you really took advantage of it so I'm glad you're doing this well thank you I'm I'm trying to help people get to take advantage of their experiences as well so I'm hoping this podcast and bring some light to what overseas is all about because truly overseas is all about a mindset you know if you have the right mindset when you go into it you're going to enjoy it you're going to enjoy the basketball you're going to enjoy the experience but if you don't it's going to feel like a drag (laughs) I know you know that right exactly well yeah, and, and and you said it, it, you said the mindset uh, because it's a, a little bit different pace. And okay. I know you always talk about the language barrier, but you you nailed it. Mindset, gathering information like you're giving gives people a head start. So let's get to it. All right. Well, before we get started on everything, I got to give an intro of who you are. Everyone, everyone in the basketball world should know who Pokey Chapman is. But if you do not, let me give a breakdown of who this this lovely coach is. So for those, many people may not know, but Pokey was a baller at at LSU, okay? She was a four-time starting point guard. Pokey, I got all this from your lovely website. Uh, Beautiful, by the way. So I'm I'm like, hey, mom, Pokey's website is really cool. Thank you. you. She was a starting point guard at LSU from 87 to 91. She was a three-time All-SEC selection, and she still currently holds the school record for career still, so... Clearly, y'all, she's she's looking surprised. Like, yeah, girl, you 
No, I'm, you, I'm just glad. Listen, I'm just glad I played when I played because I'm watching you guys out there and uh, the athleticism was not my friend. <laughs> so I would have struggled a little bit. So it's just funny listening to that and watching you guys take this game to super heights. Hey, I'm looking at these high school kids dunk it left and right. And I'm like, what are they feeding them? So that part. It's it's quite phenomenal. All right, moving on. After she played at LSU, she moved on to become an assistant coach where she coached there from 92 to 2004. And then she transitioned to head coach from 2004 to 2007. During her time coaching at LSU, she coached some LSU greats, some WNBA greats, such as Simone Augustus and my old teammate, Sylvia Fowles, which is, she's freaking lovely. I, now I get to see why you love Syl so much. Like yes. she's just the, the sweetest person. During her time there at LSU, she won three, or she went to three Final Fours. Um, She won two SEC titles. And then after that, she went on to become a WNBA coach, where she was the general manager and head coach of the Chicago Sky from 2011 to 2016, where she took them to the finals in 2014. And then she went on to become my coach with the Indiana Fever from 2017 to 2019. So Coach Pokey was my coach for three years. And I truly thank Pokey because the way that I see basketball now, it took me a long time to, <laughs> to get the hang of the WNBA rhythm, the way that you see the game. A lot of it was based upon the fundamentals that you taught me. So thank you, Pokey. I really appreciate that. Oh, you were an easy student. Quick oh, ready. Thank, thank you. You. <laughs> you, know you, are. you know that IQ was off the charts. Thank you. I appreciate that. And y'all, you know, we are an overseas podcast, so we got to break down the overseas accolades. So Pokey was a, a brilliant coach in the States, but then she went on to go coach in Russia. And from 2007, 2010, she went to coach at Spartak, which is in Moscow of Russia. And she served as an assistant coach there for three seasons and then went on to become a head coach for one season. And she went four for four. For all four seasons, she won a Euro League championship. That's freaking hard, y'all. If you guys don't know anything about <laughs> your league, that is really, really hard to do. When you when you hear Spartak as a women's basketball player, you know that is truly a uh, club of, of royalty. <laughs> they had amazing players, amazing coaches. It's just they were freaking balling, man. And so She's an amazing coach overseas. And then, Pokey, I didn't know this, that you were also the Slovakian national team coach for two years. I was. That that was when I was an assistant coach in Spartak, mm-hmm. the lady, uh, Nata, who was like the Pat Summit of European professional okay. basketball, um, uh, introduced me to that. And she wanted me to lead her country. So that's how I stepped into that. And it ended up being one of the greatest basketball coaching experiences of my life. So that was a fun, fun little uh, nuanced part of the career. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll break that down in a couple of minutes when we get to the interview, but that is the long list of all the accolades. I'm sure there's many, many more, but I just want to hit the big hitters y'all. So y'all can really get to know who my guest is today. Well, Pokey, we broke down everything of who you are, but before we get into the interview, I like to do a little icebreaker with all my guests to help you guys get loose. So you guys, you know, really tell everything about your overseas experience. So I always give a corny name for all my overseas games um, because I'm a corny person. So (laughs) for the game today, it's been called X's and O's, and we're just going to get to know a little bit more about you and your, and your, the way that you think um, and attack the overseas game. So, okay. This one is fun one. So you're down three 
I'm going to do this. This is a coaching question. You're down three with five seconds left in the game and you need someone to hit a three to tie up the game for y'all to go into overtime. What are you drawing up and for what player? Any player. Okay. It depends on what year because you said all those accolades, but I was truly blessed to have an abundance of players from absolutely and I don't want to name them all mm-hmm. uh but uh and, and I guess because she just finished in her her finals uh as a runner-up with Tarasi uh, mm-hmm. it would have to be how do you say that involving Tarasi mm-hmm. uh and, and what's so beautiful about D is that it's not always her taking a shot it's her you know having a ball in her hands and making the reads and that was the beauty of being with Spartak you had so many options not just the American players but it would definitely involve something with Tarasi uh, and probably Lauren Jackson because they can both shoot the three mm. uh, and that's a post guard. So that, that, that's an easy one. And you throw in the Sue bird and uh, it makes life a little bit easier. You just let you just coach all these dope people. And <laughs> it was crazy. Look, bird. I, I look, I, I said, just let me get the hell out of the way and don't mess them up. <laughs> My ego's not that big. And that would be my mindset too. I'm just going to let y'all do y'all and help facilitate. Yes. Yes. That's what it's all about. Cool. I had a feeling you're going to say that, but then you just started throwing out all these other dope players and I'm like, yeah, shoot, they can all hit it too. <laughs> sure. Okay. This one's tough because we were just talking about all the amazing players that you just coached. If you had an all Pokey Chapman team, we're going one through five. Who are you putting in every position? This one's a tough one. Wow. <laughs> Has anyone asked you this question before? No, oh, yes. no, no. Yes. I'm going with Sloot, Moan, D, Seal, and Lauren Jackson. Ooh, that's a good team. And, and look, and I don't say that because a knock on anyone else. I'm thinking size power a stretch five and lauren experience mixing them all up uh yeah i think it just gives you a lot of 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 options there and and sometimes some of the younger players don't realize how great lauren was yeah uh, that original stretch five so yeah i think i was i would have to go there start there you don't get in trouble (laughs) this is just this is not even this is just purely fun if okay. anyone's listening okay. in, but okay. no, I love that. I love that, that, that answer because uh, many people would think, I don't know, different players. And it's just, it, you, you purely base it upon not just, okay, this is the best player in this position. It's the, the whole team together. Yes. Cohesiveness. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I think you're safe with that answer. I think a lot of people are like, okay, that's the way she's thinking. That's a true coach's answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next question. If you can go back in time and relive any year of your coaching years, what year would that be? Any years of my yes. coaching year. Relive. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> oh God, Bird. It's so many years. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Um, would you like abroad. to do? Would you like to abroad. do? Abroad? Abroad? Let's do abroad. Let's do abroad. All abroad. Yeah. Uh, I would go back that first year because I was literally in awe (laughs) for about three to four weeks because I was asked to go over early to train Lauren Jackson. And I was like, am I being punked right now? You know, are you really serious? 
So it was that. And then, you know, we're real proper here in the States. And so I, I kind of took a step back. I think I was three weeks behind because I wanted to find my place. And, and I was an assistant coach and you didn't want to be that American taking over everything. But that's, you realize that that's what they bring you in there for, yeah. right? So I think I lost some time, but only about a month or a month and a half. Uh, but I would do that over again because I would have immersed myself a little bit early in the totality of European culture and basketball. I would do that. Wow. Beautiful answer. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's true though. And when you go overseas, like it takes time for you to just even realize, okay, I'm in a new, a whole new world, a whole new journey that I'm about to experience. Like it took me, like you said, about a month for me to be able to like really hit the ground running and for me to become more of a successful basketball player because I just it just took me a month to be able to figure out everything oh I I agree I agree just from speaking more concise you know and making a decision to learn Russian and yes basketball is universal just that whole thing I think it would have helped some of the younger players uh, a little bit earlier but I it wasn't even even in my brain to think about it in that capacity so I think that would have gotten us off to a quicker start uh, with the younger players but you know you live and you learn and I'm sure that's another reason why you became successful you learned that you went on and used the tips that you learned from the that first month to become a successful coach overseas perfect well last question if you had a choice to coach an international team so not a team of you know the U.S. national team but any international team in the Olympics what country would that be and why <laughs> Goodness gracious, Lord. Oh, um, I guess silver or bronze, right? <laughs> That's the closest <laughs> thing to beating the USA, right? Uh, I mean, Japan or France, just because you know, last time we played, they were the you know, uh, I think, um, you know, if you want to coach the best. And you want to coach against the best. I think, you know, last time out, those countries showed, um, you know, uh, where, where they are and yeah. things. So uh, I think it would have to be one of those two. Well, it's in Paris, so France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's, but if you were coaching Japan, how would you attack that? Because the Japanese style of play is very different from the States, very different from European style basketball. You know, they're all kind of about the same height. They can all kind of do the same things and I'm just thinking on a coach's perspective how do you attack coaching that type of style of play yeah I think you go back to you know at LSU probably I think maybe the year before Simone came or two years before we started running motion mm-hmm. um, and I think that taught everyone every position so it's facing as high and wide as touches so you can invert players and so I think I would go back to that mindset but also if you're going to ta- be tasked with that you have to watch the progression of those that came before you. Uh, and you look at what Tom did, right? That's and um, and I think sometimes early on in your coaching career, coaches are hard-headed. You know, you're going to try to make players fit. <laughs> that's that's not really cool. It's easier to morph and more uh, you know, more successful to morph. So I, I think I would start there. Okay. I love it. I just, I love, like, I get true coaches. Answers. When I was with Steph, like, I was getting, like, like chef-like answers. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> And I'm, <laughs> and I'm getting coach like I mean you're obviously a coach but I just I love to hear the different mindset of it because it's it's completely different from a player's mindset okay so, beautiful 
Okay, well, that was an interview. That was it was a few tough ones for you, but you you passed. I can relax a little bit now. <laughs> now you can relax. Now you can relax. And we're just going to move into the interview. So tell us how you got into coaching overseas, because that's not common for an American coach to go over there and to attack that opportunity. Yeah. yeah. You know, I left LSU in March 2007 and it was July. Simone reached out to me, Augustus, and said, is it OK if I give Tina Thompson your phone number? Because, you know, back in the day, you were kind of private with people's cell phone yeah. numbers. And Tina reached out uh, because at the time, Spartak had always had an assistant coach that was American. Uh, Shabtai was way ahead of the game in terms of wanting to marry uh, the European style with American style in coaching. Because uh, uh, I think Corey from Phoenix had been over there, Carlene, who had been in LA, Atlanta, and now she's with Tina at uh, Virginia. And so that's how it started. And it wasn't even in the realm of thinking for me, you know, I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me, let me, let me see. And then all of a sudden it happened like in three or four days and that's how it started. And I stayed six years. I didn't think I would stay that long. Yeah. Um, even overlapped a little bit with the, with the uh, WBA, but it was such a rewarding experience because, you know, I, I learned uh, a, a different style. Uh, it, it taught me how to be a better teacher. I had to understand how they trained a lot more hours a day than we did. Mm -hmm. And I had to adjust to that, you know, and I'll be honest with you. I can remember saying, wait, the, the, the trainer's going to get 40 minutes, <laughs> 45 <laughs> minutes. I'm going to get, and, you know, and, and not being disrespectful, but that was an adjustment for me. Yeah. Uh, and so, okay, you think about, okay, I'm here now. So I have to, you know, marry some of the things that I think could, could uh, elevate that. So that was the start. It was Tina Thompson. And then I became an assistant coach. And um, six years later, I stayed there, had a really, really great experience. Wow. Well, let's talk about, you talked about a little bit about the style of play. How much more different was that for you? First of all, you came from coaching college. So that's going to be a different style of play already from coaching college to the pros. But how much of the, of, of the adjustment was that for you? going to coach in Russia? Yeah, the true basketball part was, you know, some of these kids or young ladies, they turned pro when they're 16 or 17. And so they understood the game a little bit uh, better in terms of where you start, you know, in college four-player workout, you're really basic. So they're a little bit more advanced. Uh, then I was really in, in, intrigued and I enjoyed the fact that uh, my 6'5 post player, Ira Osipova, was my best passer because she mm. played the point. It didn't matter when she got taller, she handled the basketball. So those type things. And then you start incorporating that. The biggest adjustment to me was that defense was non-existent. And that was a really hard. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me rephrase that. Okay. It wasn't that, that big of a deal. It was like, Oh, we're going to outscore you. And that was tough for me coming from college, but I understand uh, the game is, you know, they, they, they were a little bit ahead of in, in, in terms of pace and, you know, multiple positions and positionless basketball. That's what I always say when I, when people ask me, what's, what's the biggest difference between European style basketball and American basketball? It's the pace. The pace is completely different. It's, I think that, that to me as well, I think sometimes it can be a bit more physical, but then again, I also play the five when I'm overseas as play, when I play in the States, I'm more of the four. That's just a less physical position, right. but the pace right. is completely different. The, the yeah, way that they attack screens, the way that <laughs> that they, they pass, it's just on a whole different level. And I agree, one hundred percent. And and you 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 mentioned post. 
the the perimeter is more physical, right? Yeah. Uh, you think about coming from college, you can't even touch them, right? <laughs> and then you can be a little bit more physical in the pros, but I mean, I, I can remember watching, you know, watching games before I even went abroad, and I'm like, wow, you know, they let them be physical 20 feet away from the basket, you know? Uh, and yeah, um, that was a, an adjustment as well, big time. For sure. I was talking about that with Sydney Weiss and how she was playing Spanish style basketball and how like it's a lot more finesse in that style of basketball compared to when I play. I play a lot. of I played in Hungary, but I played under a Serbian coach and our type of basketball is way more physical. Um, and I haven't played a lot of Russian teams. So what style of play is is Russia like? You know, I, I think they're physical at every position. Uh, I don't think it's like smash mouth, you know, football, lack of skill. I think it's the skill, but they're not afraid to, to hit you. <laughs> and they're okay with they're okay with being hit. Uh, and I mean, with the screen <laughs> or, you know, jump over your head. Uh, they just, just kind of have that mentality. They, they expect to get it and they're okay with giving it. Um, but yeah, I know, I, you know, look, I coach, uh, Milo, uh, Milovanovic and, uh, Sonia <laughs> Petrovic. So yeah. Milovanovic is a beast Oh my like for, for four years. <laughs> I know. I yeah. Know. Four years. Yeah. So, um, I was also talking, well, with Sid, how much different is just the mindset of it? Because we're talking about physicality right now and I've never experienced like where my coach wanted us to get five fouls within the first five minutes it was a requirement if we did not get five fouls within the first five minutes he was highly upset with us as opposed to when we're in the states don't touch the player we don't want any fouls at all we don't right. want anyone right. to get in foul trouble my right. coach said if you get a if you get an illegal screen kudos that's that's good that's showing that you really trying to hit the player right. illegal screens in the in the states terrible yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. It's when they just, call them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When they call them. It's just a different style of play. All right, well, let's move into difficulties. So one, you're a Black woman. A Black woman in America is hard. A Black woman being overseas, I can imagine, was extremely hard, especially you were in a position of power. And a lot of Europeans had to listen to you. How difficult was that for you to transition to that and then just maintaining that level of power and control out there? You know, in I don't know if it's a product of the place I went first or the Russian mentality of uh, Shabtai was okay with it wasn't about black and woman. It was about, oh, you're kind of good, right? Mm -hmm. And I can remember a friend of mine, Christy came to visit and he was like, she's a good coach. Why didn't you tell me? You know, she got up to work out one morning and she was down there working with some kids and that's all that matters. Right. And mainly because, you know, they want to beat us. Yeah. <laughs> they want to be the best. And, and, and so I never felt that because a lot of times uh, as an expat, you know, a rush is so vast. You don't see a lot of people, but there's an expectation that you're at the university or you're involved in sports. So it wasn't as big of a deal. Maybe I felt it more when I went to the smaller countries. And but I don't know if it was necessarily negative. It was always the, the looks, right? Yeah. Uh, in that regard, uh, a little bit of an, I don't want to say issue, uh, coaching the Slovakian national team, 
uh, was definitely unique in that aspect because I'm an ex expat, I'm black, I'm female, and I'm coaching their team, small country. So had to deal with that a little bit from some outside forces that were really inside, yeah. if you know what I mean. Uh, and then at the end of the day, um, I don't necessarily think it was about the black and female. It was about an outsider yes. in their world. So I think I've been fortunate in that regard. So, I, I, you know, I'm sure other people have not, but I, I was pretty lucky. Yeah, I, I would think that that would have been more difficult for you. So I'm, I'm very happy that you had a more pleasant experience. I mean, if I would have saw a coach these days, like you said, it was more common for an American to coach overseas. But these days, like I never see any American coach overseas, maybe a few here and there. But if I would have saw a black woman coach, I'll be like, yo, that's so dope. <laughs> Yeah, they got yeah. this black woman in, in Europe and she out there they out there killing like I would have thought that is the dopest thing because I don't see anyone black maybe in France you get a few more black coaches because they have a bigger black population but right. anywhere else unheard of yes, so you're right you're right so kudos kudos to you I think that's just the dopest thing let's talk a little bit more about your Slovakian experience how was that because probably with Spartak, you had more players and more Americans. Of course, you had a lot more Americans spoke English. It was probably a, a better or easier experience for you, as opposed to when you're with the Slovakian team, they're strictly Slovakian. <laughs> and right. You probably had to learn the language more. And how was that coaching and being able to get to know the players on that level? Yeah. And actually, Bird, it was the opposite. Um, uh, most of the Slovakian players could speak English. And I don't know if it was like small country mentality that, you know, universal language, we're going to learn this. Uh, it, it was actually easier. Uh, Russians, because I dealt with uh, a wider age group, you know, like sometimes they would want to bring up a, a teenager, right, to be on that team and didn't really understand the language. So I made a decision to speak a little Russian and learn Russian. Uh, didn't take a translator, you know, just to be able to say, you know, practice tomorrow at 1030, right? Just something small because they're always so, uh, oh, my English is not good. And I'm thinking your English is better than mine. And I sure as <laughs> hell couldn't speak Russian. So I actually learned Russian and not a lot of Slovakian because mm. they were eager to learn uh, the English as well. But uh, both language barriers uh, help me listen and teach better with less words. You know, they make fun of us, right? They say, yeah. you Americans, too many words. Like we, we'll say, like, we, like I might ask you, what time are you getting up tomorrow morning, bird? They say, what time stand up? And I'm yes. like, hey, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can stand up, right? So like, damn, we talk too much, right? So that was huge uh, for me. And um, yeah, so I, I learned a lot. I got better as a human, not just a coach. I can imagine for me as well, going overseas, I become just a way better person, learning to actually listen to my teammates, learning more about who they are, who they're, what their culture is all about, because a lot of people go out there and just be selfish. They just play basketball and go back into their room. If you don't really want to know the culture and and who your teammates are man you're, you're missing out on a beautiful experience playing overseas and I'm sure coaching overseas has been absolutely a beautiful experience and I'm truly appreciative of it 
Yeah, I agree. And I know sometimes people will say, well, you were older. And I'm thinking I was like that when I was playing USA basketball in 87 and we went to Brazil. Yes. You know, I, I remember Carol Callen made, you know, we coached, they, they made the, the team learn the, 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 the currency, you know, the lane, you know, we did a little report wherever we went and played. So I just had that mindset of, of learning and it was just, it became a, a, a really good experience for me. So it became second nature, but you're right because we're there so long and we can get in this rut and we don't really grow. And it's you're like that rat, you know, that hamster on the wheel, get your check. Hopefully <laughs> not, not a couple of days late, you know, I think you're excited for about three days and then you're kind of getting the rut. So yeah. uh, I think it's gotten better because people like you are talking to people and helping them along the way. And uh, I think it's gotten better. Well, I hope anyone listening to this podcast, if you're young or about to go overseas or you're in overseas right now, that you can listen to this conversation and, and gain some perspective on how you can make your overseas experience all the more better. Okay. A few more questions left. Okay. You coached some legends, Diana Tarazi, you mentioned them, Diana Tarazi, Sue Bird, Tina, Simone. When they played overseas, did you see a different style of play in them as opposed to when they played in America or were they strictly the same type of player in both situations? I think they were the same player. Mm-hmm they became uh, coaches because, you know, everybody wants their bonuses, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then they're competitors and they want to win. So I, I watched them communicate to the younger players or, uh, you know, less experienced players. And, you know, you, you got Tina Thompson, you know, coaching you up like uh, Sugarloaf, uh, you know, a couple of Russian players. And it's like, that's what I saw. They, their game didn't change. I think they expanded their game mm-hmm. because it was a freedom to do that, you know, um, and they had time to work on it, right? <laughs> because you have <laughs> That's all it. that time. And uh, so I saw a lot of, of people working on their game, working on their, 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 their body and lifting weights uh, because what else are you going to do? You know, you got three massages in a, in a day, <laughs> you know, you should go, go work out. So the game, they expanded their game and they worked on their game and they became more vocal and coaches on the floor. I can say that for all of them. Yes. Let's talk about a little bit more about the league, the time that you have in the league to develop players as opposed to being overseas. First of all, I always say that anytime I go overseas, I improve as a player. Not saying I don't do that in the league, but I, I just have time to truly work on my game. You have coaches that come to you in the morning. You got two practices a day you work and it's all like I was just talking to my trainer about this he was like man what do you guys do like you know when you're in your practice I'm like it's all fundamental drills it seems like you guys work I'm like no we don't really work on plays the plays are because the fundamentals that we learned and you implement that into the play it's not the play and then work on your fundamentals through the play right so let's talk a little bit about you coaching between the states and overseas and how you develop players with that yeah, you know, the <laughs> that first year in Chicago, I was like, I got eight practices and we got to play a game. <laughs> I said, this is not real life, right? Like, like I'm the only person that had to do that. But it was suffocating to me. Like, you, you think about it and you know it ahead of time. But like when you're in it, you're like, okay, wow. 
<laughs> so that part was was daunting. But more specifically, uh, we made a commitment in Chicago just because we all come from that, you know, fundamentals and we run emotion in college and then you're overseas. We just made a commitment that we were going to get 20 minutes every day of individual. And it sounds like nothing, I know. Uh, but in WNBA, as you know, uh, it, it proves to be fruitful. Uh, and just staying married to that 20 minutes every day as an individual player. And sometimes players want gym. Sometimes people need film work. Sometimes they just need to talk and get something off their chest. Yeah. And that became instrumental for us because you don't get to practice. And that was the hardest part. Um, and you you know, my, co- my coaches, they were like, we, we, we practice time. Yeah, yeah. And it's not necessarily the, and sometimes, you know, it's not the wear and tear part. It's just the actions so people can get some reps at it and, and see it. It's not necessarily running through a wall. So we just say, look, this is what it is. If you're playing, you know, 34 games in 100 days or 95 days, that is what it is. We can get this individual workout in, like you said, the fundamentals, and then marry that to the actions in the game and just keep that going. So that's kind of the formula that we try to improve players. Yeah, the WNBA schedule is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just happy we got rid of back-to-backs because oh. woo, y'all back-to-backs are crucial they i think it was in it was indiana we had played in maybe it was phoenix and then we had went to yeah. vegas oh oh okay okay and we were exhausted <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit, and the game was earlier it wasn't like it was yes Having a, oh my don't me I remember yes. and my sister was in California my sister was at a family reunion in California she said oh we're gonna come to the game in Vegas I'm like no I'm gonna come I don't want to see you I'm tired <laughs> <laughs> they are truly exhausting like you don't have time you don't have time to practice because everyone's tired from the game you just played and then you got to play in another game in another day it's just hard to be able to, to balance that and it's, it's just it's it can be overwhelming at times as opposed to overseas you play two games, maybe even just one game a week, um, every couple of days. And it's, it's way more easier to, to manage. That's why I would like overseas a bit more. Yeah. And, and yeah, you're getting that rhythm. You can take care yes. of your body. And I know a lot of times people talk about the WV and the, the travel schedule in the sense of equality. And, and we're, we, we want that. Uh, but it, it, it's what you're saying is, you know, it's, it's the recovery time, you know, four games in seven days is four games in seven days. Uh, so, you know, hopefully it'll get, it'll get better. I pray so. I think so. I think we're taking great strides each year. I, it, I agree. It gets better and better. I well, agree. last question of, of, of the interview. Okay. Just give me what has been some of the, the greatest benefits of you coaching overseas and how it's impacted your life today. Yeah, bird. Um, <laughs> um, this sounds crazy. I, uh, balance mm. you know the the collegiate rat race was somebody getting there at six you got to get there at 5 45 right um uh, but what are you doing and when you're young you don't know any better so you you, you know you mistake an activity for achievement right mm. uh, i can remember i had a game <laughs> in russia uh and I, I called on a saturday and on, and they didn't answer the phone and i, I needed to i needed something answered and Shabtai said, Pokey, it's the weekend. Make relax. I'm like, excuse me? 
So it was make, make relax. And so I, to this day, I have that. He said, you Americans, you work, work, and you die. You should have a coffee. Uh, you have drive through coffee. Like they, they laugh at us. You know, you guys don't even enjoy a cup of coffee. So I've been able to slow down, be a little bit more efficient, try to sleep another 30 minutes to an hour and just not go crazy. So that, and I say that, that was basketball, but that's in my entire life. Yeah. And it sounds weird that you would go somewhere not knowing anything and that's what you take from it. Um, but that's probably been the most beneficial part for me. For sure. I agree. Every time I love when I go overseas because my life just slows down and I truly see a lot of different beauty and things, the beauty and the struggle. I have time to actually process, you know, what I'm struggling with and be able to communicate more with God, being able to pray a lot more, being able to journal a lot more. I just got time to just slow down. And, and a lot of my teammates have to have shown me that, like the way that they do coffee, like coffee is a mandatory thing overseas. Everybody oh, coffee needs- break, the coffee break. Love coffee it. Break. <laughs> Love it. Love every, day is, every day is a coffee break. Yes, <laughs> you just get to yes. sit down, enjoy right. your, enjoy yourself, enjoy your teammates and just talk and get to you know just unwind from what you have even if you have a practice you have two practices during the day you have coffee break in between just to be able to right. unwind and I truly appreciate overseas and the beauty of the beauty of that and overseas has taught me day day offs actually taking days off and like you said in the college mindset it's like no days off you know I'm in the gym I'm in the gym seven days a week I'm in oh, the gym oh really <laughs> I remember I would tell I told Jesse don't you go to the gym with Bird. <laughs> Tell her the gym is closed. This is crazy. But yeah, I did do that. <laughs> I did do that. It took me some time. But as I went overseas, I learned really in this pandemic, this pandemic year. Wow. I had to learn to give myself a day off. Even if it was just one, give myself a day off because I, I hear I hear you, but I don't know. Oh gosh, someone's getting ready to knock at my door. I hope my dog doesn't bark. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It, it's the Amazon. It's Amazon. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's all good. It's all good. But, uh, but no, uh, I'm, I'm glad because that, that's part of it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just incorporating that in. Yeah. The beauty and all. See, I'm growing, Pokey. I'm growing. Yeah, you're growing up. <laughs> Baby, you're growing up. <laughs> okay. I'm, proud of I'm not going to embarrass you. you, but I'm, I'm happy for you. And I'm <laughs> shut up now because I'm going to sound like an old mama. Oh, my goodness. So I appreciate you. What's up, Hoops fans? For all things Wizards and Mystics, plus Nationals, WFT, and Caps Talk, check out the DC Crossover Podcast with me, Ben Simpson, and my co-host, Mike Cerrone. We talk all things District of Champions as well as play sports trivia, give out weekly picks, and of course, talk plenty about fast food. Listen to the DC Crossover Podcast wherever you download your shows. We'll also provide a link in the description of this episode. Now back to Bird's Eye View with Erica McCall. Well, it's the last part of the episode, and it's the story of the day. And this is where I ask my guests, what is the craziest overseas story you got for me? I know you got some, so you can just give me one. And I've heard some crazy ones. I've heard, my sister was telling me about her in China, where uh, they, like, brought her to this, like, disclosed location and, like, asked her to play. Like, she was sick as a dog, and they're like, we need you to play. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know when she left in the middle of the night she didn't tell anyone she left in the middle of the night <laughs> back to America wow. yeah yeah wow. oh my gosh bird there's so many oh oh my gosh um I don't know uh you know what was unique and I don't know this is I, I, I couldn't and maybe only Shabtai did that so that's not really a good one 
Uh, he would have a party for both teams afterwards and then the officials would be there. Did you know that? No. Like when the first went, yeah. And, you know, he, we, we play a game and he would give, I think, $500 to the highest score on opposing team. Wow. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> and our team, and I can remember saying, can we give some money to who gets the most rebounds, right? <laughs> and, uh, but it, it was always, it was almost like we're going to compete. And then there was always something upstairs. And maybe it was just EuroLeague games where there was a nice table set up and you would have dinner with the people you just competed with. You yeah. know, and you're grown, you have your little wine, you can, you know, they'll have entertainment. Uh, and that was unique to me at first, right? That's mm -hmm. not wild and crazy, but uh, it was just unique that we can compete and go at it, but then we're going to have a good time and celebrate this game, this sport that we're all trying to elevate to different levels. But, uh, you know, I, you know, some of the things is, is not good for TV or, or podcast. <laughs> no, this is good. You're like, whoo. Ooh, that's yeah. a beautiful way to end off on i think it's beautiful to, to just celebrate the game of basketball yes. absolutely yes. Yes. absolutely well yes. thank you pokey this was a beautiful blessing to, to have you on i want to give a shout out to, to christy and to jesse you know my two assistant coaches back in indiana you guys have been amazing people in my life and pivotal to the person and player that i am today all three of you guys so i appreciate you pokey mm -hmm. where can we find you on social media Oh God. So people can find you. You're, you're good. just, just, just Pokey Chapman. <laughs> I don't make it complicated. I don't, I don't, you know, look, I, I don't have an alter ego name. Just Pokey Chapman. Pokey Chapman, we see you. And so are we can see you driving around in your dope cars and you leaning back, you riding dirty. No, just having a good time. Look, just, you know, just having a good time. It's funny because I talked to Simone and, you know, Simone loves the old car. So I went to a thing on the coast. And uh, she's actually looking for a car like I have now, the, the El Camino. So it's funny how things tie people together, you know, yeah. from LSU to Russia. Uh, now she now with her cars. But uh, no, this is beautiful, Bird. I'm glad you're doing this. Thank you. And I'm proud of you. So keep doing your thing. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Episode seven of Bird's Eye View. You can find me on Instagram at birds the word underscore 24. You can find me on Twitter at Erica McCall24. And if you want to get some updates from the podcast, you can follow us at birdseyeview.podcast. Once again, if you listen in and you're enjoying the show, give us a rating, leave some comments. It'd be beautiful for us. We're gonna keep it moving, we're gonna keep it going, but it's always a blessing. So thank you all for tuning in. Deuces. Deuces.